0: Well, believe it or not, I, I I think we are live. We are live today with Tim Fox, my uh, my draft mate, my teammate, my pal. How long has it been, Tim? That's at 1976 till now. I can't even do the math. Forty plus years. Well,
1: I- I didn't really like you when you know when, when you're uh, playing in college, but then you, you then you're, you're an okay
0: guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I didn't go to Michigan or some place like some place like that. Anyway, but today's episode, this is our seventh in the huddle, and we're really really glad to be joined by Tim Fox, who's sponsored today by the Sullivan Group, with Pat's alum John Andreoli as president and CEO, covering Patriots alumni with its risk management and insurance needs while sponsoring our flagship program, Football for You, to the youth and families of the Worcester area at St. John's High School. Tim, did you know, that's in Shrewsbury, by the way, John's been the head coach at St. John's in Shrewsbury. Um, he's, he's coached the Pioneers for 15 years to a record of 128 and 41 with five Division I-1AA Central Western Mass Super Bowl championships, two Division I-3 Central Western Mass district championships which earned him state championships appearances in 2013 and 17 and ultimately winning the division three state championship in 2017. thank you the sullivan group and john andrioli and established in 1898 the mar companies has grown into four separate businesses through the leadership of six generations of family members serving the new england area the company provides wide-ranging products and services to the construction industry. Stalwart Patriot fans, the Mar family has been involved with the team since early days. Dan F. Daniel F. Mar Sr. was an original investor in the team in 1959, and his two sons, Dan Jr. and Bob, were both on the board of the Boston Patriots football club. With Bob serving as its president during the 1974 and 75 seasons, as long. Time, Patriot fans, the Mar Companies applaud the mission of the New England Patriots Alumni Club, helping to support our area's youth programs is a win-win-win. Go Pats! Thank you, uh, Mar Companies and the Sullivan Group for sponsoring Tim today. Well, let's see, what should we talk about? Where would we start? How about, you mentioned before, um, before we met actually as teammates, I went to the University of Colorado, and you were at the Ohio State University, and I don't know that a lot of people can know or understand or appreciate that you were only you are only one of two guys that have started in four Rose Bowl games. Isn't that true?
1: Uh, I believe it is. I, you know, I was um, I was very fortunate that uh, our, your uh, freshman year and my freshman year was the. First year that freshmen were actually allowed to play at the varsity level. They right. used to have uh, freshman teams prior prior to that, and then uh, we still had uh, somewhat of a freshman or call it a JV team, uh, but we weren't eligible. You know, it's the old it's the old story. You know that, you know when Coach A said Fox, get in there. All our good players are hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, really didn't have much choice I was like the last guy standing so uh, uh, but I did it once I got in and, uh, and you know we had a we had a great four years at Ohio State I think we have the the winningest percentage over four years of it, of any school in history and played four straight Rose Bowls I wish we'd have done a little better in those Rose Bowls but uh, it was a great college experience
0: no I, I guarantee it was and and uh you had the also the honor of playing with one of the best offensive players in 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 the game and in and certainly in that era is Archie Griffin and he was one of he's he the only other four year starter uh in Rose Bowls um as well as I understand but of course he won uh won the Heisman trophy his junior and senior year at Ohio State University and um I got a chance to meet him uh when we played in the in the Hula Bowl out in in Hawaii that year
1: but he's just you know you can't say enough good things about Archie. He, un- unfortunately, his skill set didn't um, didn't translate real well into the NFL, um, and he's a little un- you know somewhat undersized. Um, although it didn't seem to hamper him much uh, you know playing playing in the in the Big Ten. But you will never meet uh, uh, a more quality guy you know. And he's now. Uh, uh, an associate, that or, or no? He was an associate athletic director at Ohio State. Now I, I believe he runs the uh, uh, the alumni association. Oh, oh, so, uh, so he's back back to his roots in Columbus.
0: Oh, that's terrific. It's good that they keep him involved in that too. And I'm probably have to explain who he is to the young athletes that that wander through Buckeye Nation, but not they don't have to talk very long about it.
1: Well, he's the only. The only two-time Heisman trophy in the history of the award and I, and I think he'll remain so because obviously back then um, you know once as a junior no one no one thought about playing in the NFL as a senior just it just wasn't allowed and now if you're good enough to win the Heisman as a junior, I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna play another year of, of uh, collegiate football yeah,
0: they jump. I think the only guy that threatened that record was Tim Tebow. wasn't he uh like nominated three straight years or something, wasn't he?
1: Yep, yep, and then, uh, but he ended up coming out early, too, didn't he? But he was, uh, I think he had his greatest level of success as a sophomore. Right. And
0: had had to come. Yeah, no, that's true, that's true. And then then our worlds collided in 1976 when Bucko Kilroy decided that he wanted to draft three guys. You and I were part of the Jim Plunkett uh, trade where uh, Plunkett played Obviously, from 1970 to 75 with the Patriots, and then he got hurt in the 75 season. Steve Grogan stepped in, and it turned into a uh, into a uh, Brady Bledsoe kind of issue. And they decided to stick, or Chuck Fairbanks decided to stick with Kansas State grad Steve uh, Grogan, and put um, Jim Plunkett on the trade block. And San Francisco picked him up. And for that trade, the Patriots were awarded um, not awarded, but they traded. And, and gave up their two draft picks, um, San Francisco's two draft picks. They picked me with one of them and you in the other. And in 1977, they picked up last week's in the huddle guest, Raymond Claiborne. So there was three uh, as part of that whole deal. But Mike Haynes was our other draft mate. He was the one that was picked with, uh, with the uh, with the Patriots pick at five. So uh, a two out of three defensive backs and a big slow offensive lineman wasn't too bad. Too bad of a start for I all said, of us. I think that was a pretty good deal, actually, for, for, for Plunkett. You know, the interesting
1: thing about, about Plunkett was he went to San Francisco and had absolutely no success right. in San Francisco, was released, and then the Raiders picked him up, and he won the Super Bowl with the Raiders.
0: Right, he crossed the bridge and got good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he was fairly maligned when he was up here. You know, he was a, he was the first pick of the draft and he was a Heisman Trophy winner and it just never quite panned out. I'm not sure that, that uh, you know, he didn't blame not having an offensive line and, you know, you, you sit and see the offensive line that he had, he was, that were pretty good. But anyway, it, it worked out, I think, well for both teams quite, on, well, not for San Francisco, but certainly for Jim Plunkett and for the Patriots.
1: Well, I think if San Francisco had just held on to their picks, you know, taking you and me, they probably would have been very successful.
0: Right. Yeah, it didn't take a long to get successful without us, Tim. Just, just saying. Uh, Was it 1980 or 81 or something? that They started out their dynasty.
1: Uh, Bill yeah,
0: Walsh. Yeah, well,
1: we could have been part of that.
0: Yeah, we could have. We oh well, yeah, life would have been way different with us, you know, in in Palo Alto or wherever the heck they were playing, right? San Francisco. That so.
1: is, that is for sure. You know, I I had an opportunity to spend. A, uh, a couple of years with with the Rams in California, and uh, it's certainly a certainly a, a different environment than what you what I was used to back here
0: in New England. <laughs> no question, especially from in Canton, Ohio, too. You'd have been in, in, I bet you were in total culture shock, but not really. You were you're kind of a worldly guy.
1: Well, you know the interesting thing about coming from Canton, Ohio, is you know high school football in Canton is everything. Um, you know when you open the sports page of the Canton Repository. Uh, and Canton's a good-sized city, and right next to Canton is Massillon, and it's one of the biggest football rivalries in the country. But when you open the front page of the sports page in the Canton Repository, it is always high school sports first. The first mm-hmm. two to th- pages are all high school sports, and then you go to Ohio State, Kent State, covering the collegiate uh, ranks, and then on the back pages they start talking about professional football. So it's 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 pretty amazing. So when I uh, you know, I don't know what your, uh, what, what your experience was, I, but I can imagine it was similar to mine. And that when I came to the New England Patriots after we were drafted, uh, I, I remember getting the phone call, and then we come up for our visit to meet the press and to meet the, the coaching staff and all that. And I remember coming into the airport thinking, boy, well, this is really going to be cool. And I get picked up by a guy, uh, and he's driving a Volkswagen Beetle with one front seat. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking they're going to, you know, I'm a number one pick. They're going to send a limousine for me. No, it's a guy in a Volkswagen. (laughs) I ask him, I say, why do you only have one front seat? He goes, well, I only need one. (laughs) (laughs) He proceeds to bring me to Foxborough. And, again, I'm, you know, I'm coming out of Ohio State. I played, you know, my my high school football in Canton, Ohio, which is, you know, big-time football. They bring me up Route 1. I go by the this stadium that looks like a high school stadium, frankly, and you know, two blocks down the road, they take me to the Red Fox Motel, and that's where I stayed for the uh, for my first trip to New England, and uh, uh, it, it was it was not uh, yeah. it was not particularly what I had expected, to be honest with you. Well,
0: me. I think I was on that same trip, maybe. I, I I know that I did very similar. My impressions were very similar. I don't think they picked me up with a one-seated Volkswagen Bug, but. We all stayed at the Red Fox, and uh, and then we came. We had a, a return trip uh, during um, mini camp. Remember, we all stayed at uh, at the Red Fox for mini camp too.
1: Yeah, I remember it well. Unfortunately, that was the mini camp I broke my wrist in uh, uh, as a rookie. So it, it uh, that was the that was the uh, the
0: the end of my my mini camp. But uh, worked out all right. Yeah, no question, it did work out. Um, you know. It, you, you you got here you and you and uh and mike haynes in the same secondary you know you, you were he he was so uh, effortless i should say you know when you saw when you saw michael return punts or kickoffs or or just plain run he was so smooth and 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 uh, uh just a, a really a terrific athlete you were the hammer back there i mean you you you, you lined up people and, and drew a bead on them, and if they were in the middle of the field, they were going to meet Tim Fox some way or another. And I remember, like, that you were in the era of that free safety movement with, uh, like, like Fencek and Plank and those kind of guys would just light up people in the middle. And, you know, Rodney Harrison was that type of, of player when he was here with the Patriots. But you had a – you had a you – know, we had a, a secondary that eventually, I think, why you were still here. Everybody in the secondary were first-round draft picks because Clay Claybo came in the next year.
1: We had we had five number one draft picks in our secondary, and that was before the nickel defense. <laughs> so we had we had five number ones, and we only played four of them. So I, I don't know how much sense that made, but you know, every year we'd come to the draft, and I'm going, what the. I, they don't like us. They don't think we're good <laughs> enough. You know, we played pretty darn well. And uh, you know, it, it, it got to the point. You know, when when push came to shove, and when you know, unfortunately, the Sullivans, you know, didn't have the money that the uh, that the Crafts have. And there and 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 frankly, the structure wasn't like it is today with revenue sharing and everything else. So, you know, with us, as soon as you got to the point that. You were you were recognized as being a pretty good player, and you wanted to be recognized as a good player by by a paycheck. Um, The Sullivan's weren't able to keep up with that, and so you know, one by one, uh, a lot of the number one draft picks ended up going someplace else because the Patriots just didn't feel like they had the ability to pay them.
0: Which is kind of which is an awful shame because you take a look at what they had built, what Chuck Fairbanks and and Bucko and and whoever else was involved built up over the years you know you go back to the 73 draft with with uh with john Hanna, sam cunningham uh, and daryl stingley right you took the 76 draft with uh with the three of us going and the 77 draft they get not only raymond claiborne but they get stanley morgan ahead of him you know and then they sprinkle in enough veteran presence that 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 we were uh, that we were going to be okay you know like like uh, bobby howard in the secondary you know i'm sure you guys leaned on him a little bit for his for experience uh, bob mckay on the offensive line steve zabel as a linebacker you know just enough enough of that veteran presence um george webster for instance i remember him on the defensive side of the football you know an old grizzled veteran i think he was in his 10th or 11th year tommy neville was in his 12th year when we came on as rookies we had a good thing going. That '76 team, I'm telling you, you know, we beat we beat Oakland in in Foxborough for their only loss of the season. We beat them 48 to 17, and then you know the Ben Dreith move when we're out there in the playoff game. Or I I contend that it's our first Super Bowl victory.
1: Yeah, you know, in my in my 12 years on teams, uh, I I honestly believe that our rookie year was the best team I was ever on. Certainly, as you were describing. It had a lot to do with you know I you know Chuck Fairbanks had put together a really good coaching staff right. I think of guys that uh, you know he could he could take a step back you know Chuck was kind of a hands-off head coach he, he wasn't doing a lot of individual coaching of, of players but he was the coach of the coaches uh, and then we had such a good mix of, uh, of of veteran players and then we had such a strong uh you know rookie class or young young class of players that it was a great blend of, of youth and experience. And, uh, you know, I think to a certain extent that the younger players didn't know any better. I mean, you know, we just thought that's, this is the way it's supposed to be.
0: Right. You know, we don't, we would all come from winning programs. So, you know, Hey, we were winning and we thought that's what we were supposed to do. Right. No question. You know, and then we come to, and you, you started to make mention of it, but that 1982, I call it the Patriot purge. You know, we went from being really, really good, uh, Chuck Fairbanks decides that, you know, if he can't if he can't make the decisions based on what he thought was the needs, um he was leaving. So he packs up and goes and after that 78 season, <laughs> fired him 3 hours before the the Miami game, the last game of the season. We'd already won the AFC East and and anyway. What a mess that was. And but,
1: but how about that that game was the biggest fiasco of all time, after, you know, when we uh Got into the, you know, when they that, that, they fired him the last game of the season. Right. So then, and so they made we had dual head coaches and Ron Earhart and Hank Bullock. Hank was the defensive coordinator and Ron Earhart was the offensive coordinator. And so they 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 knew they were both kind of going to be considered for the head coaching job. So I, I to this day I I remember the pregame in in that locker room where they had. Uh, dueling pregame speeches, and they each one of them tried to outdo the other one of them. <laughs> it
0: was like last week's presidential debate.
1: <laughs> exactly, so, and, but but got all fired up, and, and we're in Miami, and, we're t- and we go to leave the locker room, and remember that that was a just a horrible locker room in the, or- in the old Orange Bowl. Right. And so there was an old metal door that they used to open and close to come in the locker room. Well. S- The door was closed obviously but there was an old-fashioned padlock in in, and and lever somebody had come by and put and padlocked us in the locker room and we couldn't get out of the locker room
0: (laughs) we were all charged up ready to fly out though
1: (laughs) almost broke the door down but you know times have changed quite a bit since
0: then well no question you know but that was just kind of the beginning of the end we described that you know we were we were fairly packed with good talent both young and old and uh, and then you know Chuck left. It wasn't a bad handoff because Ron Earhart became the head football coach, and we all thought the world of Fargo. I mean, I thought I thought from an offensive point of view he he was always terrific, but it certainly wasn't the same as as it was going to be. And that didn't last very long either. And then I'm telling you, 1982, we lose we lose Mike Haynes, Sam Cunningham, Tim Fox, Andy Johnson. Uh, I'm, I'm leaving guys out. Uh, uh, Donnie Hasselbeck, uh, Russ Francis, huh? Russ,
1: Russ um, and I. Well, I went in
0: eighty-one. Well, that, uh, yep. Oh, eighty-one. Okay. Yeah. So it was. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a mass
1: exodus, and again, it just came down to it was dollars and cents, yeah. and, and you know, the Sullivan's frankly could not afford to operate that team in a competitive nature, and you know they. You know they did what they had to do, and and unfortunately the fans in New England paid the price.
0: Yeah. Yeah that that was uh, that was that was that was tough, and then you know the guys that were left behind looked around and said, why did they keep us? <laughs> you know it well, was. Just... And it didn't help matters that they brought in Ranger Ron Meyer from uh, from
1: college that had never you know had any idea what was going on at the pro ranks and. Uh, He was, uh, he was quite a piece of work.
0: Yeah. He did bring in a couple of good coaches though. Dante Skarnecchia came in with that staff. Um, uh, Believe it or not, I mean, we're talking history and Dante just retired last year and he's been around the Patriots organization for longer than anybody. And uh, Steve Sidwell was a defensive coordinator. He went on to do uh, defensive coordinator in uh, in Seattle and that kind of stuff. So I mean, he had a pretty some pretty good coaches around him, but man, that was just a fiasco, um, quite honestly. Well, I, I
1: I remember I was trying to negotiate a contract at that time, and um, you know, then they they fired Ron and they they they, Ron Earhart, right. they brought in Ron and. I think we had a mini camp or something, and and I didn't go to the mini camp because I didn't have a contract. And I met with the offensive uh, or the defensive backfield coach. I can't remember what the guy's name was, but here we had we had five number one draft picks invested in 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 the defensive backfield, and he brought in a a defensive backfield coach that I believe was like 26 or 27 years old.
0: Steve had Wallace never
1: played What's the, who was it? I remember? think it was Steve Wallace. No. Uh, had never, had never played in the NFL. Had never coached in the NFL. Had been nothing but an assistant coach in college. So, we have five number one draft picks. Four of which are older than this guy. They brought in with more experience than this guy was going to coach us. And uh, I, I started complaining about that to Ron Meyer, and that was kind of the. Uh, the. End. That was the broke
0: the camel's back, I believe. <laughs> they didn't want you that bad, huh? No, oh, well, yeah. he didn't like me
1: criticizing his, uh, you know, his, his coach. But, I mean, the reality was the guy was over his head, you yeah. know, based on the talent he had in the secondary and the experience he had in the secondary. This guy wasn't going to help us with anything.
0: Or be smart enough to know that and just say, just make sure he had a, you know, a bag of balls he could throw at you every once in a while. Right. Get exactly. out of the way. So, so you leave the Patriots. You go to Los Angeles. Or did you go to San Diego first?
1: went to San Diego first. That was, uh, I was, uh, they ended up, when it became apparent that things weren't going to work with us and they weren't going to pay me, and Ron Meyer wasn't real happy with those comments I made with him. Um, My original defensive backfield coach was a gentleman by the name of Larry Weaver. And he was, had actually become the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. And uh, he and I got along great. Uh, we were only together one year but he was an excellent coach and uh, obviously he thought a lot of me so they, they made the trade for me on draft day uh, of uh, you know before that before the uh, 82 season and um, I think it was I went for the uh, the the the, Patri- the Chargers traded the first pick in the second round and the first pick in the third round for me hmm. and um, so there was a pretty substantial investment from, you know, the charges point of view. And, uh, and I was happy, you know, I, because I, I had, had already enrolled in, in law school and was, uh, was going to night school. And, uh, basically I said, look, all right, if you guys don't want to pay me, I'll just finish going to law school. and I guess I'll go be a lawyer. (laughs) And, and, um, not sure I really wanted to do that, but the, obviously the Patriots believed me, and uh, so they so they made the trade.
0: How long did you play at San Diego?
1: Three so years I was in San Diego. Three years, and they, they you know we we had some really good teams in San Diego. I unfortunately had uh, some injury issues when I was there. Um, played uh, well the first year was the '82 strike, so we only played nine games. And uh, had a, had a very good year in in '82. Actually, uh, 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 made made an, made the All-Pro team, and and uh, you know everybody was happy. And then uh, in like the third game of the second year there, uh, I broke uh, broke and dislocated my ankle. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of uh, very similar to what we saw from uh, uh, Dak Prescott, you know, last week. Yeah. And so I ended up uh, undergoing, uh, three surgeries for that. So I missed the rest of 1982 and actually uh, the beginning of 1983 because the surgeries were, uh, I don't know, four to five months apart. They just couldn't get it, couldn't get it right. And then when I came back in 84, uh, I only played about half of that year because of that, because of that injury. Uh, but it did come around and I, and frankly, I, you know, I thought I played well enough on it, but my contract was up, and for for what San Diego deemed they were paying me, they didn't feel like they got their money's worth because they were they were paying me a lot of money, and unfortunately, because of the injury, I had uh, I didn't didn't produce what they had hoped to produce, and so kind of the similar story. I, I you know I knew another coach who was also had been at the Patriots, Lou herber was uh, was a coach with the with the with the rams and um they made the trade and so i got traded to the los angeles rams and played two more years there hmm.
0: Hmm. and somehow didn't you finish your career like on your way to cleveland that was my I, recollection
1: i i did i went to uh i went to, so i had i had retired basically retired from the brown from the uh, rams John Robinson was our coach there. and He was a good guy. I mean, you know, I'm a very good coach. And, uh, you know, some guys just know the right way to, to talk to you and, uh, and, and to, uh, to encourage you. And, you know, he, he basically made a phone call to me uh, at the end of uh, – after the season was over and said, look, Tim, you know, I, I, I appreciate everything you did for us. You really gave us all we really wanted from you. Uh, but you're coming into your 12th year. We've got some very good young talent behind us. And, you know, if I bring you into training camp, you're going to beat these guys out and they're not going to get a chance to play. And I think they're going to, I think they have the opportunity to be really good players. And the only way we're going to find out is where they get a chance to play. So I'd rather not have, have you come in, kind of know what we got in you. And I know you'll probably keep these guys on the bench. So, um, he basically kind of gave me my choice and I said, okay, coach, that's fine. If that's the way you feel, I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to call it a day. So I had basically kind of retired on my own terms. Um, and then Marty Schottenheimer from the Browns had called me, uh, later in the year during the off season, they had <clears throat> a kid that was playing free safety for them that tragically went to a, I think a bachelor party or something and died of a drug overdose huh. and they had no, um, uh, they had they were very little at, at the free safety position. Again, they kind of had a young guy that uh, they thought could play, but they had hired. This is going to sound strange, you know, but he says, you know, I want to – Marty tells me, I want to bring my brother on to the coaching staff, Kurt. But really the only place I can put him is at special teams. And our special teams coach is a guy by the name of uh, – uh, cower and so i'm going to move cower to the defensive backfield position coach um he doesn't know a lot about defensive back, so if you could come in and kind of help him that would be great and then you, you know we'll bring these kids along and 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 uh you know we'll all get along just great and i said okay that sounds like a good plan i like i like the sounds of that um so Evan, you know was going along fine through training camp, and unfortunately, then I got hit in the ribs and broke two ribs in training camp. And, <laughs> and you know, the interesting thing is, life is strange in the NFL. You know, you, you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt. But uh, so Marty called me in and said, "Look, here's here's the plan. We're going to uh, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna sit you out the last two because back then we were playing four preseason games." we're going to sit you out the last two preseason games and if if you're better we're going to you know we'll we'll put you on the active roster but you know it's probably not going to be better so ideally what we would do is put you on injury reserve and then let you let you heal and and be able to bring you back at the eight week point i said okay you know that's fine by me but my my wife was back here in new england and debbie and she was expecting our our third child and I said, look, Coach, if you want to let me go, I understand. I'll go home. We'll call it a day. Nothing ventured, nothing lost, because I wouldn't mind being home uh, when my wife has has a baby. And um, he says, no, 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 no. This is the plan. We're going to stick with the plan. And so we sat out the last two games. You know how it goes after the last preseason game? The, the knock comes on the door. The guy comes around and says, Coach wants to see you. And I said, What's the coach want to see me for? Uh, we've already kind of had this discussion. He said, well, well, coach wants to see us. So I went in, and first I had to meet with the uh, the uh, assistant athletic director or the assistant uh, GM, who was Ernie Acorsi. Ernie sits me down and says, well, uh, listen, we, Coach and I had a conversation. Uh, we've sat you out the last two games of the preseason. We think you're healthy. We're going to let you go. Whoa. I sold didn't we just? Ha- I just had this conversation with Coach You know, about two and a half weeks ago. We laid the plans out. He goes, oh, no, those plans have changed. Uh, we're going to let you go. I said, well, those plans may have changed, but my injury hasn't. I still have broken ribs. <laughs> so, unfortunately, the way things were back then with the Players Association is you had to file a grievance. Mm. I left the facility. I went to the Cleveland Clinic, had my ribs x rayed got the x-rays back, and uh, – showed two broken ribs and um, filed a grievance and two years later literally took two years um my grievance was heard and i won the grievance and so they ended up having to pay me uh for half of that season which is what they would have could have done right off the bat if they were wanted to do it the right way right they really want Oh, but i mean literally uh, they could have put me on IR maybe paid me for half a season. If I came around, I
0: could have played for them. But right. It, that's the way it is in the NFL. You just kind of... Yeah, no question.
1: You're a commodity. And, and uh, you know, the sooner you understand that, the better off you are.
0: Well, yeah, I exited the Patriots in a similar fashion. I mean, it was... We don't need to talk about that anyway. Um, this is about you. We, huh? Didn't you have a shoulder? No, or, I, had, I had a knee. I had a knee, knee and... Yeah, in a very similar fashion. Um, uh, the beginning uh, during during uh, during the pre I mean sorry during the off season uh, going into my thirteenth season, uh, Raymond called me into his office and he Raymond Barry called me into his office and he said, um, you know you're going into your thirteenth season. How are your knees doing? I'd had both of them operated on the year before. No, I went through the whole season the year before without any injury. How are your knees doing i said they're they're doing fine. he said, well, you know we we uh we like your leadership, we want to make sure that you're you're here I said well if you're gonna if you're gonna eventually cut me, um do it now. you know this was like February or March. Do it now, so I have a chance to hook up with a with another team. No no, no, it's just you you keep working hard the way that you're doing uh get in shape and and let's see what happens so um I went, through, I went through the off-season, went through training camp. Um, he, he, he actually came up to me on the field getting ready to play, uh, getting ready for the, play the last preseason game. And he said, uh, or maybe the second to last preseason game, he said, you know, the kid behind you is not going to get as much of a chance to play. I've got to see if he can play. Um, why don't you line up at one of the tackle positions and see which one you're comfortable at in case we ever have to, um, you know, put you in. And I s and he said, but you know, make sure it's that you know which way that you want to go at those tackle positions because the doctors tell me that, you know, if you pull one way because your your knees so bad and you plant wrong, we could lose you for the season. So he said, just feel your way through and make sure it happens. And uh so yeah, I said, fine. We played the last preseason game, and uh he he came up to me and he said, Well, you made the eight. That was always the uh that was always the mantra when you were when you were on the bubble or something like that as an offensive lineman, because typically um, teams carry eight offensive linemen. And uh, so I, I said, great. And uh, uh, anyway, on Tuesday, I was in we're getting ready to play the Jets in the opener on and this was for the eighty uh, eight season. And. Uh, I'm downstairs, and they called downstairs and said, Co- Coach wants to see you. So I went upstairs. I was working out. I was getting ready to play the Jets. And uh, went up, sat in Raymond's office, and he said, um, we made uh, last night. We made a trade uh, for, uh, what was his name? He was the uh, center at Cleveland. Went to University of Texas. Matters not. Anyway." We traded for him. I knew he had worse knees than I did. And I'm thinking, why is he telling me about personal personnel moves like this? He says, and and we've decided to release you. I went, you mean from March when I said, if you're gonna cut me, cut me now to now, and now you're gonna cut me. That was the end of my that was the end of my career. But I had I had a similar deal in that when when they had told me that I had to be careful about what what position to play. I said, well then you should oh he said we're still concerned about your knee. I said then should have fixed it right the first time. And uh, I ended up filing a grievance and two years later I got half of the eighty eight salary. So anyway, same same yeah, well, ungraceful yeah, yeah, well, exit.
1: Unfortunately everybody kinda learns that lesson the hard way. Yeah, no and question. It, it coaches have a tough you know, you know, they have to work within their constrictions too. Uh, but you know you should you shouldn't say things that you don't think are going to be true. Right. And, and, uh, I guess you always, you know, know that maybe they're they'll find someone that they think is better than you, but how, how did that work out? Did, did Whoever they brought in that center, did they keep him on the
0: team? No. And yeah, well they did for, for that year, but I mean, he, they, were, he was more, he, I'm telling you, he was, if I could remember his name, you'd probably say, Oh yeah, no, I know. Um, anyway, um, yeah, then they they had they had uh him and Trevor Maddox was the was the guy that was behind me. He got in a f- couple of, you know, he played a little bit also on the whole bit, but anyway. So, Well, you
1: said know about Trevor.
0: Uh-huh. You know what they used to say about Trevor? No. Uh,
1: if they if they taped an egg to the front of his <laughs> head and and he played a couple of years, it would still be there when he left. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't that let's come off the ball screaming kind of deal. Nice kid. And he ended up, oh. he ended up playing a 12 year career and mostly as a deep snapper as a specialist, but he right, ended up, right. Yeah, I see him on college football game day all the time.
1: I know I see him a lot. He does, and he does a good job.
0: He really does. So let me, let me get this right. So grew up in Canton, uh, go to the Ohio State University, which is just down the street a couple hours. Um, come, come to the Patriots. Go out to California. How did you end up back in New England? What, what brought you back all these, all those times? new? you think, you think once you got your kind of your release and you got a taste of California and nice warm weather and all that kind of stuff, that perhaps you would have moved on? What kept you in New England?
1: Well, you know, after after getting traded to to uh, San Diego, I realized that, you know, nothing is forever in the NFL. You know, it's, it's, uh, what have you done for us lately? And, you know, you you can't, it's very hard to make long-term plans to do anything. So, you know, I enjoyed New England when I was here for those, those six years. We had, uh, I had, uh, two kids at the time, two young girls. Um, and so when we went out to San Diego, I think my oldest, uh, Landon was, uh, uh, just starting kindergarten and uh, haley my middle child was uh, was in like a play school or landon might have been starting first grade I think she was in first grade and and, and haley was starting kindergarten and so you know it, it was going to be difficult to get them to move but by the same token i didn't i didn't like the idea of raising girls in southern California to be honest with you you know the lifestyle out there was a lot different than what you would experience back here in New England. Um, And so, uh, you know, after – I thought, you know, after the first year, we were thinking maybe we would bring them out. And then when I got hurt, I'm going, you know, this isn't going to be great. So we ended up just kind of keeping my house back here. I had a a great house here in Foxborough that basically overlooked the stadium. And um, I didn't have trouble renting it during the season because guys were always looking for places to live. Uh I rented it to Andy Johnson for uh I think the first two years and then the last year I rented it to uh um uh Craig James.
0: Craig Clayton, James. Clayton Wyssoon. Didn't you rent it to Clayton soon one year?
1: Doesn't matter. Um, Craig James. Was yeah, I I may have, yeah, when when I was uh when I was with, when I was at the Rams. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so um uh, so we would rent a, rent a place in California. The
0: only reason I said that is because Clayton used to throw wild parties at your house. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> no, 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 don't surprise me. I mean, you know, Craig James had two dogs that really liked my house. They liked my house better than they the, 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 the front or the backyard. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it was, so so we did the, basically did the commute. You know, we would rent a place out in the West Coast and, uh, and and hopefully uh you know when i was come back year after year we would try to try to get a, a place in the in a similar school system so the, the the girls would go to school half a year out there and come back here for the second half of the of the year
0: mm. Mm. what are you up to these days
1: uh i am um a grandfather of four so i uh, you know i worked uh I had a a long career with a a great company, uh, R.R. Donnelly & Sons, which is now Donnelly Financial Corp. Um, And uh, it was a a good career for me getting out of football. Uh, They allowed me to uh, learn the business. And it was actually much (laughs) – of course, you know, football back when we were playing was not a lucrative career. So so the the financial world uh, – with Donnelly was, was far more lucrative for me than, than football was, which is, you know, you're not, you're not going to see that much today, you know, with the money that these guys are making, it's kind of hard to make more money than what you were making playing football. But, um, that worked out very, very well for me. I, I had 25 years with them, uh, or 25 years in the industry, just, uh, over 20 with, uh, with Donnelly. And so I retired, uh, about two and a half years ago. And so now, uh, we still, I, you know, we had a home in Foxborough when I was playing here. Uh, when the girls were growing up, we moved to Westwood, and, and my son went to Severian while we were in in, uh, in Westwood. And then uh, about ten years ago, we sold the house in Westwood and moved uh, to a nice little spot in Hull, Massachusetts. So we have a on a hill overlooking uh, Boston Harbor. Uh, Logan Airport and the and the city so we have great sunset views nice views of uh, of the city <clears throat> so I'm there uh, about half the year and then uh, the other half of the year we're in, uh, down living in Marco Island Florida
0: and, not, uh, not a bad gig
1: I know you you keep telling me you uh, you're going to come down to Marco but I haven't seen you yet
0: well um would we could probably make that work we got to get out of this uh this weirdness so i can so we can travel a little bit to, to get down there um but yeah I, I would love to take you up on that no question I, i'd like to have you and deb down there when we show up though well yeah well
1: i mean you know we'll come, come down the only thing you'd miss if i'm not there is i i, I wouldn't be able to take you out
0: on the boat that's all uh, well then i gotta wait for you to get there why go to Florida if you can't go on the
1: boat? Yeah, that, well, and, and I, you'd have to be able to show me, you know, how to fish. Because I do fish down there, but I'm not a big fan of fishing. You know, I like catching. I don't
0: like fishing. <laughs> There's a lot of catch. fishing. A lot of fishing going on, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Tim, I I I see you're parked in a parking lot somewhere. You're anxious to get going. At least Fido is back there in the back seat. He sure is well-behaved. Now,
1: let's see. Is he... Hey Marco, say hi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good boy. What a good boy.
1: Yeah, he's he's a good boy. We're at uh, we're up in Norwood at uh, I brought my grandson. He he participates in this little uh, program for uh, uh,
0: for football. Oh okay. Uh,
1: They do all indoor drills and stuff, but uh, uh, he he has a lot
0: of fun with it. Well, if he's like his grandfather at all, he's probably already dropping people in there, hitting his own guys.
1: Yeah, so he, he he's, he's, he's he's
0: he's not you know showing his best side by not being able to hit people, but you know he'll come around. Oh, that's right. Well, Tim, thanks very much for joining us. We're we're using this as an opportunity to still get good messaging out to the same communities that we service with our Football for You program. Uh, hopefully, um, we get we get all a lot of these sponsored to take care of some of the production costs that we're that we're incurring. But it sure helps to have um you know my friends and my teammates come on we're doing uh we're going to go through the 70s era uh, of guys next week we have uh steve nelson um joining us and his mentor steve zabel that ought to be an entertaining um in the huddle episode uh to say the least and then what? we. There. what's that
1: there'll be some stories right there
0: there's some stories some that shouldn't be told uh, we'll see if we can't uh Get them at least on a 20-second delay so we can can make that work for us. Then I've got uh, Bob McKay coming, and then we've got um, who was my mentor? Okay. Then we Bob McKay's coming, yeah. Dirty Bob, and then uh, right. Tony McGee and Ray Hamilton um, are going. Oh, we got Russ Francis as well. So those are coming up for the hey. 70s. What's that? The Big Kahuna. The Big Kahuna. He's tough to yeah. track down sometimes. You know, he's gone from he's gone from. Uh, hampton beach to montana to hawaii to wyoming and now he's down in connecticut somewhere so we're going to have him on board but it's it's really fun just staying connected with everybody yesterday i was on the phone for over an hour with ron wooten getting the guys lined up from the 80s and it's just it's fun getting all reconnected with that so anyway i hope our viewers can join us again special thanks to tim for joining us and really great uh, great thank yous to our sponsors the sullivan group Uh, with Pat's alum John Andreoli as president and CEO covering Patriots alumni with its risk management and insurance needs while sponsoring our flagship program football for you to the youth and families of the Worcester area at St. John's High School in Shrewsbury where John has coached the pioneers for 15 years to a record of 128 and 41. All kinds of division championships couple of Super Bowl championships but the uh, culmination was in 2017 He and the Pioneers won the Division III State Championship, uh, played in Foxborough. And the Marr Companies, established in 1998, they've grown into four separate businesses through leadership of six generations of family members serving the New England area. The company provides wide-ranging products and services to the construction industry. Star Wars Patriot fans, the Marr family has been involved with the team since the early days. Daniel F. Marr Sr. was an original investor of the team in uh, 1959, and his two sons, Dan Jr. and Bob, are both both served on the board of the Boston Patriots football club. With Bob serving as president during the 1974 and 75 season. As long as longtime Patriot fans, the Mar Companies applaud the mission of the New England Patriots Alumni Club, helping to support our area's youth programs, is a win-win-win. Go Pats! Anyway, Tim, I'll bid you adieu.
1: I could not be uh, sponsored by, by by two better uh, you know groups because Andreoli. Who would I ever thought Andreoli could be as successful as he is today? <laughs> no question. That is so. But he's a great guy, and the Mars are the most generous. It's one of the most generous families in New England, and they you know uh, they'll do anything to help anybody. Big sponsors the Boys and Girls Club and. and yeah. Uh, Anytime they ask me to do something, I'm happy to do it because I know they do 10 times what
0: I do. Oh, no question. And they've been, they've been involved with all the things that we get involved with, everything from NFL alumni to, to Patriots alumni to you pick up the phone and say, and, and it kind of goes versa vice versa too. I know we've both spoken in front of their, uh, their sales groups and their service groups and stuff. And so it's been, a, it's been a very symbiotic relationship. So Dan Marr, thanks for jumping in. John Andreoli, thanks for jumping in. Tim? Thanks for being there, buddy. And i uh, All right.
1: Say, say hello to, uh, to Zabe
0: and Nelly for me. Oh, you. I sure will. You might have to tune that in, and you can, uh, yeah, we might slide you in on the Zoom side of that thing, too.
1: Ask Zabel about the time he showed up late for practice, and he told the coach, don't pay the ransom. We've escaped.
0: <laughs> they, and they wrapped each other in gauze to make it look like they had been kidnapped. Oh, well. Anyway, Tim, it's been enjoyable. Thank you very much, buddy.
1: My pleasure. All I'll right, see you soon. Bye.